Welcome to another SpeechWorks podcast, Conversations About Communicating Effectively. I'm Marilyn Ringo, Vice President of Media Strategies with SpeechWorks, and joining me is Joey Asher, President of SpeechWorks. Hi, Joey. Hello, Marilyn. Now, you know, you think you get nervous giving a speech. How about this? You are perched atop the edge of a platform that's about 30 feet in the air. You're about to dive off that platform with millions of people watching and a gold medal and championship at stake that could that could provoke a little anxiety. That would make me, it makes me I'm starting to get a little sweaty. <laughs> You're just sweating, I can it, see Maryland. the sweat. Yeah. Well, our guest today has had to face that situation thousands of times as an Olympic diver. Her name is Megan Nyer. She is now Dr. Megan Nyer and president of Total Performance Systems, a company that specializes in individual team and organizational performance. And one of the areas that she deals in is helping people perform despite high anxiety. Welcome, Dr. Nyer. Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about your company and, and how you help people do this kind of stuff. Well, uh Certainly one of the things I found when I was doing uh, my work in elite athletics um, it, uh, was that uh, all, the, all the tenets of success are relative across arenas, whether they're in the pool or whether they're in the workplace. And so the work that I did in graduate school was really looking at how to pe- people optimize and um, de- depending on the arena, whether it's in, in the workplace or in, in the athletic arena. And so I started really making observations about what enabled people to succeed and optimize themselves within an, um, environments and what were some of the barriers to performance. And certainly one of those barriers of performance was having high anxiety. Now, Dr. Nair, you were... You were one of those folks that were doing these dives from, what was it, uh, three, uh, what we said, three meters or 30, 30 meters, 30, 33 30, feet. 33 feet, 10 mm-hmm. meters, yes. 10 meters. I don't want to give you, I don't want to short shrift <laughs> you in any way. No um, problem. And just so everybody knows, Dr. Nair was truly an Olympic uh, elite athlete. She was recently selected, tell me if I'm getting this right, Dr. Nair, as the NCAA most outstanding diver in the past quarter century. That's correct. Wow. Thank you. And is a and is also a former Gator. Go Gators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not very popular here in Georgia, but uh, I'm still a proud Gator. <laughs> it's been a good year for the Gators. It has certainly been a great year for the Gators. It's been a good year to be to be a Florida Gator. And so how did you deal with the anxiety when you were standing on a ten meter platform? Well, certainly one of the things to do uh, is to focus on breathing. When we get anxious, one of the things we tend to do is we breathe more from our chest and not so much down from our diaphragm. People who have been trained in martial arts or singing have been trained in breath control. And that's one of the primary, most fundamental, quickest ways to get people to settle down in any uh, performance situation in which they're feeling really anxious. So this is something that I certainly teach people when they are going in to do um, uh, business performances or business presentations. Um, You know, all the world's a stage, as Shakespeare said. And so I I teach them a lot about breath control and, and how to do deep diaphragmatic breathing so that it settles the body down. Because once the body gets really anxious, the mind has a, it just naturally goes as well. And so um, the body likes oxygen, and we tend to uh, not have as much oxygen in our body when, we, when we're as anxious. Now, 
Now, do we uh, – is this similar to the, the breathing that you learn, like when you're having a baby? Like my wife and I went through the Lamaze training. Is it the same kind of thing? Um, there are parts of Lamaze that are similar, um, but you don't – you actually – the huffing, the – you know, the really quick part of the Lamaze breathing is actually a way um, – it, it's um, – actually gets the energy up. Uh, part of the reason that they do that kind of breathing is because they don't want you to push. And so um, so it's a little bit different. If, if anybody's done any yoga, they talk about that kind of breathing. So it's, it's really breathing deep down into the belly. It's, if, if you put your hand on your belly and when you inhale, if you inhale through your nose and you feel your hand rise on your belly and then you exhale through your mouth, um, that is more diaphragmatic breathing, and the ch- shoulders and the chest stay really still. Um, uh, imagine filling up a water balloon. You know how when you put it over the faucet, it fills up from the bottom and then goes all the way to the top? Um, that's the kind of breathing that we're talking about. And so what ends up happening is people, in essence, when they're breathing shallow, it's sort of like filling the water balloon from the top and so that they don't get a full breath. So do you suggest that people do this off to the side before they have to go out and do their presentation or go before, you know, a group of people or whatever their particular situation is? Or is that something that you you practice way ahead of time? Well, absolutely. You've got to be – I definitely teach it, and I have people practice it on a daily basis. One of the interesting statistics about the difference between elite athletes and what I would call corporate athletes, as Jim Lehrer refers to them uh, in his book called The Power of Full Engagement, is that elite athletes are uh, training 90% of the time and performing 10% of the time, whereas corporate athletes are performing 90% of the time and only training 10% of the time. And so... It's one of the concepts that I take into the workplace is the importance of doing training and and practice and getting feedback prior to a performance. So um, that's one of the main tenets of performance psychology is uh, practice makes permanence. We always yeah. tend to think that practice makes perfect, but it really makes permanence. So we want to practice the correct thing. And so, yes, I teach them that. Um, I have them practice it for quite a while before they go into a performance situation, but you can actually make it part of what we would call a pre-performance routine. In other words, 10 minutes before the performance um, or the presentation, they get up there and they focus on their breathing, and we also talk about self-talk, how it is we're talking to ourselves, because how we're talking to ourselves is going to activate our physiology. And so that's where it's real important that we're talking to ourselves in a realistic fashion. We're paying attention to that negative self-talk. And if that's coming, learning how to deal with the negative self-talk. So you end up having a pre-performance routine, focusing on breathing, pay attention to, to the language that you're using with yourself, learning cue words to get yourself to settle down or to focus on specific things you want to hit in a presentation. And... Um, and then actually doing the breathing throughout the presentation. I know that you all, I'm sure, teach people to pause when you're training them right. and how to do speeches. Well, part of that pause can be doing a good diaphragmatic breath. We do tend to get a little lightheaded sometimes, and sometimes even forget what we're going to say. Does that have something to do with the fact that we are breathing shallowly? Yes, 
that means that your body is just not well oxygenated, and um, and that's a very typical side effect of that anxiety creeping up is is that particular um, symptom. And so that lightheadedness has a lot to do with the fact that we're just we're not breathing properly. Now, Dr. Nair, as people uh, people may not know how it is that uh, speech what relationship we have SpeechWorks has with with you for the people who are listening to this, uh, you should know that uh, in some circumstances we we will refer our clients to Dr. Nair, especially when there are circumstances where the level of anxiety is really beyond what we think that a typical public speaking workshop can really address. And I'd love you, Dr. Nair, to talk about sort of the difference between, you know, sort of the typical level of uh, sort of public speaking stage fright, which is nervousness, but people can deal with fairly easily, and sort of the more higher levels of anxiety and sort of how you know you may need somebody who, uh, you may have a situation that really needs to be addressed with at a more, a more profound level. Well, um, stage fright, I would call, you know, has a continuum. In other words, um, what I try to get people to distinguish when I'm talking to them about what experiences they're having is understanding physiologically what's going on with them. I mean, if they're getting really sweaty palms, really breathing shallow, um, having a lot of racing thoughts, if they are feeling like they need to run to the restroom, these are all fairly symptomatic of, you know, having fairly high levels of, of anxiety. I get them to understand the difference between feeling excited and focused versus what I would call getting into that 7, 8, 9, 10 level of, of going into anxiety where they literally feel like they don't have any control. They're afraid of what they're going to say. They can't get the words out. They can't breathe. They're just so focused on the symptoms that they're experiencing that they can't focus on what they're there to do. And so um, when they're in that you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 range, particularly that 8, 9, 10 range, I would say that they probably need to get some good good training on how to manage their physiology and, and manage the mental side of going into performance. Now, you know, that thing that we used to call butterflies in your stomach, you know, that's okay, but if those butterflies turn into albatross, <laughs> then you have a much bigger thing going on in your belly we had some folks that, that you can't had, manage. <laughs> we've had a couple of albatrosses here. Yeah, we've, had a couple of, uh, we've had a couple of out-of-control anacondas. <laughs> When you're having that going on, then it's probably a good idea yeah. to get some performance consulting. Dr. Nyer, any thoughts on why people get to that stage where they are so incredibly nervous and anxious, where they're almost in a, a state of panic or clinically anxious? Well, certainly. I mean, all of us like to look good, and and certain, uh, that that public environment, I mean, you know the statistics, 95% of the people would, would rather die than give, right. give a speech, you know. I mean, that's, They'd rather be know. in the casket than doing the eulogy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so um, it, so all of us want to look good. And so just it depends on a lot of different factors, but part of it is understanding those factors and part of it is really just managing the physiology. But a big part of it, too, is the proper training for that presentation, like I said, so many people in the workplace don't do the proper training um, in order to get prepared for that performance. I would never go into a nationals or a world event without having done a whole lot of training, and I see a lot of people just thinking, well, I ought to be able to do this. I ought to be able to stand up and, you know, talk extemporaneously about any subject, And, and most people 
are very effective at that. And in and fact, so that, uh, in fact, Doctor Nair, one of the things that one of the things that we tell our clients is perhaps the single most important thing that they can do to deal with their anxiety is just to rehearse the heck out of their presentations. Absolutely. Um, well, you're teaching them how to train is what you're doing. That's exactly what you're teaching them to do. And then if you add in some of the ways that they can manage their uh, the mental side of the game as well as their, their physiology, then their training is, is really complete. But the more that they practice that presentation, the more it becomes second nature. And the more that they stay authentic within themselves, I think one of the things that causes a lot of anxiety or disconnect is when they try to get up there and be somebody that they're not instead of sort of staying in their authentic self. And what I mean by that is, you know, if they have a sense of humor, figure out how to inject a sense of humor. If um, if they tend to be more technical or tactical, learn a little bit more on you know, how to connect with the audience. And so I think there are a lot of different techniques. Once the people understand a little bit better about who they are and what matters to them in terms of this uh, particular presentation. So do you counsel with them individually to sort of address those issues? Yes, yes. And I'm not saying everything goes back to our mother, <laughs> you know, but, but you know, a lot of things do but go back But a lot of things to... do go back to your mother, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of things just go back to, you know, our original experiences, sometimes, you know, flashing back on doing that presentation in sixth grade, you know, and, um, and not feeling ready for that or standing up and feeling like a fool in front of the class or having one of those experiences where they felt like they were ready and then they go into the situation and then they just, they freeze. And and that just and then that just becomes a really difficult um, situation. I mean, you know, look at Barbara Streisand. I had severe stage fright to the point where she had to quit doing um, concerts. Right. And and I just saw her in her her latest uh, tour, her 2006 tour, and she was just as loose as a goose. She was great, and apparently. Uh, she's discovered those beta blocker drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, you know, don't take me uh, at my word here. I'm, I had read that somewhere. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I'm not a big fan of drugs, you know, to manage symptoms. I mean, I, I don't, I, being in health psychology, I, I really try to get the body to work with itself as compared to bring in things from the outside. I mean, I think beta blockers are an option. Um, there are some other, uh, there's actually chewable dilantin, which is an anti-seizure medication, which is, is, is another um, option which has had an effect on decreasing anxiety. I also know Barbara Streisand's had a tremendous amount of therapy, and you know, she also tends to be extremely perfectionistic. Again, this, I'm basing things I read. I don't right. know her. Let me just say um, she was fabulous. Whatever she did, whatever she's been doing was just fabulous. And well, <laughs> you know, again, I mean, I think you have to really balance addressing issues and addressing symptoms. And so each case is pretty individual from my perspective is that we look at what really is the issue. So many issues um, go away when I teach them good skills around managing their breathing and paying attention to their self-talk and understanding. I also do another technique called neuroemotive technique, which is understanding the physiological impact of, of earlier um, 
uh, emotions, earlier situations, like things going back to when we were four, five, six, seven, eight, we can track those things back, and um, it actually creates a complex in our body. And so it's a little bit like doing hitting the Control-Alt-Delete button on your computer, and you reboot the system. So this technique can help us reboot the system and break down um, the, the neurophysiologic experience of that emotion. And I know that sounds sort of a sort of out there, um, but I've been really impressed. I've been using this technique for a couple of years now with people um, with some pretty uh, major um, uh, anxiety issues, and it's really uh, had great success in settling them down. Now, that all being said, I don't think that there's any one thing, you know. The only thing I would say there's the one thing that tends to help just about everybody is breathing, but I don't think, you know, you don't just use one technique with everybody and so. so what do you so what do you do when you when you use this control alt delete technique? Give me some. Can you give me a, maybe a specific story to illustrate that? Well, I had a um, a swimmer who was having. Um, a, she was in her last year of school in college, and she literally was a couple months from the end of the season, and just was getting severely claustrophobic, couldn't walk onto the pool deck, couldn't, I mean, not even for practice, let alone competition. And and so um, it's a combination of a lot of different theory bases. Um, it comes from acupuncture. It comes from uh, it's muscle testing or applied kinesiology. And um, it, 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 so those are some, two of the main foundations of this. And what we do is just, it's non-invasive. It's just I do muscle testing on the arm because when the mind and when the, and the, your feelings are disconnected, then um, then the, the the feelings tend to be the override. And so what NET does is it helps us get congruent um, mentally and emotionally. Well, and that- so it's just doing some simple muscle testing. Um, and what that means is somebody would hold their arm out and um, they would say a statement, and if the statement is incongruent, then um, then the muscle will actually be weak. It'll be easy to push the arm down. Why don't you give that a try, Joey? We'll we'll send you over it's, there and see how that yeah, works it's, for it's you. It's a little hard to explain. <laughs> I'm going to try that. You've got to be there, thanks. <laughs> I want to try that at home. By the way, SpeechWorks uh, believes that you should do uh, no drug-assisted speaking. <laughs> You're against drug-assisted speaking. I, I was going to say, you know, um, for those out there who think that, you know, slugging some whiskey might uh, really uh, sort out the problem. <laughs> Not a good idea. It, it, it might be a, a little bit of a challenge. And, and that's why, you know, if anybody is going to use any kind of drugs, even like beta blockers, it's important they use them and know how their body reacts to them. And, and again, um, you know, I have some concerns about people using. Understood. Well, with that, Dr. Nyer, we thank you so much for helping us understand our anxieties a little better. And uh, Dr. Megan Nyer, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And with that, we shall say goodbye. Bid you adieu until the next SpeechWorks podcast. Much. Thank you very much. And uh, happy speaking. Thank you.